0: Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. We're going to look at the uh, Tony Harris, James Robinson, Starman, number one DC comic. Before we get into that, I want to call attention to the October Cartoonist Kayfabe road schedule. We're going to be uh, on the road quite a bit in October. You can catch us at Columbus CXC the beginning of the month. You can catch us at Baltimore Comic Con at the end of the month, the birthplace of Cartoonist Kayfabe. And you can catch me in the middle at Jacksonville Public Library at their Comic and Zine Fest, where I will be their lit chat Uh, author on stage uh, doing Q&A throughout that day so hope to see you guys at uh, one of these locations nearest to your kayfabe home. I want to invite everybody to like, follow, and subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. Hit that bell icon to be notified when we post a new video and it'll get you in the front of the kayfabe effect. It means you'll be the first one looking for whatever comics we're showing off, which sometimes disappear throughout the day or go up in price. So hit that notification button and be first in line to track down these comics. Also, let these videos play through to the end. That allows YouTube's algorithm to share them with other comics fans. It's one of the ways that we grow Cartoonist Kayfabe, and we appreciate your help in that. So... Ed, looking at Starman number one from DC Comics, this is a book that has come up again and again in the uh, comments section. I feel like it's one of those celebrated '90s superhero comics in a time when comics were struggling. This is a book that I think a lot of people remember fondly. I used to buy this book uh, for a long time. I would buy this monthly back in in the '90s. I guess 1994 is when this starts, and. Uh, I just it it didn't really grab me i don't know why you know sometimes i was a completist if i bought issue one i'd stick with a book for a while and that's what i did with starman got rid of them whenever i purged my comics in the early 2000s but uh came across this recently in a dollar bin and i thought great let's uh let's check it out again because i know it is a popular comic james Robinson. golden age was uh one of his series that is pretty well acclaimed so i thought this would be fun to dive into tony harris we know probably from ex Machin, is one of his highest profile books and um you know a a celebrated creative team and uh, a celebrated book from this era so i was eager to get get into this one again
1: yeah and and how are you left
0: well here's (laughs) let me start with this sins of the father part two what thought i had issue one here where is you know how do you start an issue one with part two yeah real dumb so so what's the answer do you know the answer like where is part one i think it was a zero issue i think this was around zero hour zero hour right and so it was relaunching a bunch of different in a weird way it's like uh, dc's 52 or any of the several relaunches that dc has done over the years i think zero hour was intended to do that to kind of like have an entry point for new readers or new heroes sometimes taking over <laughs> the costumes which is what you have here is a issue, new star man but issue one is not
1: the entry point <laughs> yeah i i don't know who signs off
0: on that it's like,
1: corny. i i get it's it It's real dumb but
0: you you've outthought yourself yeah you know in this in this kind of thing but nevertheless this is what i had i didn't have issue zero so this is where we're going to begin yes and uh from me
1: by the way what this is and this era of comics and the adulation that this kind of comics got because it the reading experience it, it there wasn't much to it it wasn't very good uh sort of on any level i like the color um it was that classic case if you can't be with the one you love love the one you're with comics were so bad in 1994-95 the image comics the stuff that we grew up on as reading experiences utter tripe as reading experiences so to just have anything that had any sort of semblance of narrative and story like the old-timers the Patrick Daniel O'Neill types who are still you know 45 years old like going getting their weekly round of superhero comics if you can't be with the one you love love the one you're with and this is what they had yeah I it's
0: a it's a rebuttal of the image artists you know like the idea of having uh this is the writer you know being celebrated and uh i'll give everybody a taste of this and then you know i think for the people who like this kind of stuff they'll like this the shadowy shadowy gentleman sighs a worried sigh for his city his home he scratches his ear and sips his absinthe, dabs an elegant lace napkin to his lips and continues to write his journal observations ink on paper Not for me. (laughs) Uh, So we're cross-cutting between our shadowy figure writing in his journal, a news broadcast detailing how Star City has become overrun by crime, and then the actual crime spree. I'm all right with that. I like that kind of breakup of the storytelling. A
1: little formal play.
0: Yeah, cross-cutting. No no problems there so far. And uh, I was going to bring in, I think it's called Blade. It's like an early black-and-white Tony Harris comic that I have. Uh, to show some some of the the background of Tony Harris, but um, I like some of this stuff. Like I like all of that silhouette for your cameras and stuff with the little monitor. Yeah, built in.
1: Yeah, good good color. You know, to to give to help out in these various you know cut cutaway sequences. Um, I guess it's Opal City, not Star City, maybe. But the deal is, like, there's some kind of
0: organized crime where all these crimes are being committed, and it's confounding the police. It's almost like, uh, start the little crime over here, the police go there, now we've got our next wave coming uh, while the police are distracted or busy somewhere else. So there's some organization to this crime spree that is happening. And um, we missed a lot in Issue 1. Yeah. We've got uh, the old man who was Starman. He's been shot, but he's not dead. I guess his son was shot and killed, who was being Starman. And this is his other son who was never into the whole superhero uh, nonsense, I believe he call- he refers to it at some point. But uh, certainly sad that his dad shot, but they don't get along.
1: Yeah, it's the finish of this art. Like, like the the lines that kind of carry over, the, the angularity. He's clearly... The- this is a situation where... And it's the first the first time I ever thought about it or heard it was when we interviewed Brendan McCarthy, where he said he was, like, conscious of his style. And I swear to God, in my, you know, 40 years on this planet, like, I just never heard or thought about things that way. It's like, you naturally draw the way you draw. Like, I never thought about being conscious of your style. And, like, when you see, like, Weird Flourishes like this, the angularity of it that doesn't make sense, it it, it feels like the artist, to me, is fighting nature and is trying to evolve a kind of style, but it's... There's a pretension to it.
0: I see um, I see hints of... Uh, I, I think it goes back to Frank Miller. You know, like the heavy blacks and stuff. But I see like Scott McDaniel as being a similar style. I see some of the Gaijin Studio stuff in here. Like maybe...
1: The, like uh, like some Selfridge light type yeah. stuff with this kind of thing with the with the ge- geometry of the drapery and stuff. Gregory Wright, your colorist, um, by Shouts, the way. Shouts to Greg, man. He's been giving me some great inside scoop whenever we uh, talk about Marvel books from his tenure at the bullpen and shit.
0: I think even seeing some of the the art style um, lends itself to that kind of Brian Selfridge coloring. You know, mm-hmm. like I think of his stuff being really conscious for color, and there's there's a consciousness for that here.
1: And there's there's good piece. That's a good drawing, man.
0: This is, the, the thing with style is, can you draw everything in that style? And so, like, some of this works really well, but I don't think it works for everything. Um, this is kind of a fun part, and I think what a lot of the people that love this book love is the historical reverence for, like, Starman's history, right? This is a second generation of Starman, so you get, like, reference to Golden Age. But these are cops who Starman, the old man, had saved their father. And so they're here to kind of, like, provide a little extra guard on their dad, uh, including including this this cop who we get a nice ass shot of and then a, a squat pose just bizarre look at the line that uh overhangs he, do, like, he, does, chin that, he and, does that he does that so much
1: yeah like you know he that's what i'm saying it's a very it's an unusual conscious unusual thing and the guy could draw like he knows where the anatomy lies he knows how all the you know muscles and tendons connect with everything it's the final finish that just turns me off yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's very sharp. A lot of words. But, but it's also that thing, too, where, like, this guy's keeping a monthly schedule. So, like, the best of monthly comics are the, are the guys who can figure out, like, a really cool way to draw 22 pages a month. And to me, this just, it, it doesn't hit for me.
0: Yeah, I, I am happy to see somebody try something stylistically, but it, this is not a style that appeals to me on,
1: you know, this kind Good of stuff. Bad. It's just not attractive.
0: Yeah, and, and I don't find the page exciting.
1: No, none, none of them. There's not, like, a money shot page in the, in the superhero comic, really. Still done with the color, though.
0: He has a, uh, I guess this is a device, I forget what they call it. It's not quite the Starman superpowers, but it allows him to fly. A
1: Hitachi magic wand, perhaps?
0: And now the criminals have set the city on fire. And back to your point about color. Like, to me, it is cool. You yeah. Know, like, you have your fires now being the uh, the color source for this sequence. And the dad's like get out of here, because he gets a call from this villain, and there's two villains, one is the Mist, and um, I forget what the other one's name, but they're very, like, almost the same, <laughs> uh, but he gets a phone call in the hospital saying that his sons are dead, you know, this villain's going to take away everything from, from the old star man, and he's like, Oh, he thinks you're dead, you know, get out of the city and, and you can save yourself. So that's, that's where he's heading.
1: The mist and the spritz, Jim.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's something, it's like the shade. I think it's the shade and the mist, I think, are the two villains. And I, it's unclear to me who's who. There's a lot of parallels in how they look. There are like two characters that both have sunglasses on, but they're slightly different sunglasses, so it's not the same character. I think you can see they're trying to do a different type of superhero language yeah
1: absolutely throughout the whole thing the guy you know he's got his little his little janko paul peter frank paul frank shirt on and like a leather jacket like that's his gimmick uh so he's you know it's still not it got that 90s flavor like you know if kurt cobain became a superhero
0: yes yeah
1: kind of gimmick
0: that's exactly it that's probably another element that makes this book popular with people is that kind of uh, characterization for your you know your unlikely superhero anti-hero kind of treatment and again maybe a contrast a reinvention of starman but in this opposite sort of way and as he's like getting ready to leave the city they talk about um this villain is going to ruin the old starman's wife who's dead well how is he going to do it he attacks the wing of the museum that's named after her which brings him back into action and the text just doesn't it doesn't ring for me like my brother, being a hero, killed him. I'm a junk dealer who will live to tell the tale. I, my brother, I, I, I don't believe I'm doing this.
1: Yeah. But that's the... You know, I don't believe like, he's doing it either. Like, it's the page turn. Oh, what a badass.
0: Yeah, I suppose. You no, know, some kind of martial arts, though. It's beating up these villains. Now listen,
1: I saw that karate hand gesture uh, when he was coming down, not believing he was doing the thing.
0: I do still like that color, though good good use of turquoise. not a color you see that often in the background. So here's one of our uh, the first villain with our sunglasses Let's on. Let's call
1: him Neo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's funny. You know to be fair this is years before Matrix though so at least it's not the Matrix ripoff. Yeah. And uh Jack Knight goes
1: to escape and gets shot down. Is that Man's name? Jack Knight? Jack Knight. I think that's his name. I hope it has a K right? K yes. Knight. Okay, I hope that's even right. <laughs> I Could be completely <laughs> hey wrong. Hey, man, you were reading this comic. I swear that's his name. You I, I don't remember that I was much was collecting Preacher.
0: Yeah, yeah, you were right about you were right about that. <laughs> but I did. Hey, I fixed my ways. I switched. <laughs> I, I switched back to Preacher. But see, the confusion is like we've got our villain with sunglasses, and we've got our other villain in sunglasses and black, and sunglasses and black. But they're two
1: different guys. Yeah, one has a top hat. <laughs> one's a, one's a dandy with a peg leg. <laughs> oh no, that's just a cane here at cartoonist kayfabe we aren't just
0: making videos about comics we're making comics themselves and we've got some big releases coming up this fall ed Piskor's red room trigger warnings collecting the second season of red room is available in stores in september but you can pre-order that now wherever you order books or comics you want to pick that up now in time for the uh, christmas rush because the way printing and paper shortages are you want to make sure you pre-order this book to make sure you don't miss out because once these are gone it may take a minute or two to get the reprints and you don't want to be stuck this holiday season without it my Hulk Grand Design book, the retelling of the 60-year history of The Incredible Hulk, will be in stores in December in time for Christmas. Again, you need to pre-order that book now. Let Marvel know how many of these things to print. This is the best book that I have made. Marvel let me design this book. It's going to be a big, oversized, neon green book that you will want to add to your collection. Put a red bow on it. Stick it under the Christmas tree for the Hulk fan in your life. And Street Angel Deadly Scroll Alive from Image Comics has been out of print for almost a year. We'll be back in print by the end of August or early September, so... Put that on your pool list now at your local comic sh- shop or online wherever you get books. And now back to our regular scheduled programming. Yeah, so the shadowy, shadowy man is shade. It better be. <laughs> and that's his superpower, I guess. His, his coat turns into the sky. That's a cool drawing. That's another left hand page. You know, talk yeah. about the left hand reveals and uh, the, the thing that comes out of those shadows. So pretty, uh, pretty badass power. I guess you know, it'd be hard to beat this. I don't know how you fight that.
1: Thing. DC, DC Comics at this era, I felt like it was this way, where it would be like a lot of build up, and then you get your one or two shots that the artist clearly was given a little time to to work. They had to buy time with a bunch of talking head shits to like draw like this cool page or that cool page. But it's like nineteen basic pages. And then two cool ones, three cool ones. Like that was this whole era of like this this paper stock and this level of computer color. Like all DC comics, like had that kind of energy. And who's the who's the darlings? Is like Michael Lark. Like there's there's something. This guy's trying I don't know to if do he's something. He's there yet. Yeah. I think
0: Michael Lark's late '90s, early 2000s. And uh, I'm telling you, like to me, this is totally Scott McDaniel. You know, he was kind of hot for Daredevil. That that Daredevil run that he did. I think he got a lot of praise for. And right, that, that was right. something I was reading and it's the same thing like I don't actually like it. Like right. like I go back and look and it's almost Frank Miller Sin City, but it isn't. And the difference is, is vast in my mind.
1: Totally confused. Like like this whole time where you're saying that, I was thinking of Scott McCloud. Uh when when you said Scott McDaniel, but yeah, yeah, sure. But but then so he's cribbing off of like Sin City, like trying to do a Sin City kind of thing. I guess. McDaniel.
0: Yeah, I, I guess so, and, and I mean, that's what, that's what I feel like with this. And I think, to be fair, Tony Harris does certainly come into his own, and he evolves quite a bit. Um, but, man, this first issue, like, hats off to the people who stick with it. Um, this is really fascinating. It's, you know, you got to do something with your extra page in the back, and we don't want to pay everybody page rates so we get our text piece from someone. Don't know who. Could be an editor. You know, often an editor <laughs> writes this. Maybe it's Robinson. Don't really know. Because it is not credited. That's funny. That's super funny. <laughs> it's about collecting because, you know, our, our, our man Jack is a uh, junk store dealer. So he's, he he's a so. collector.
1: He said so before he said I.
0: Yeah, so we get to see uh, whoever this is, this mystery writer. His, uh, he likes to collect viewmasters. He likes the old clay figure children's tales the best. But he collects them all. Tra- travel packets,
1: television shows, obscure stuff. I liked them when I was five what are you writing <laughs> Viewmasters. masters listen it, it makes sense with the aesthetic of the, the the spot illustration on the back there you know it's a big view masterpiece i like that spot illustration that's I mean, probably my
0: favorite uh starman image in this whole book
1: I, f- I feel like it builds to that kind of style like it does
0: you know like there's not a lot you know you don't see this version of starman in this issue one which to me that's I don't know how you do issue ones like this. And by the way, this is issue two since we've got an issue zero and this is part two. So we don't get to see the cool looking Starman. Does he appear in part three, part four? Like, when does he start to look like a cool looking superhero? And I mean, I, I don't know. Justify it however you want. In my mind, like, I want issue one to show me the cool looking stuff. Like, why do I come back for issue two?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, no, no build up, no pathos. Like, none of that little stuff.
0: Give me something exciting that looks good that makes me want to see more of it.
1: Yeah. Jack Kirby and Stan... They they did it... They they set a pretty high bar for how to do an issue. And and to me, I think Jack Kirby does the best issue ones in all of this kind of superhero comic. He sets everything up. He gives you all stakes. Like what the big sort of theme of what the entire series is going to be. It's all set up right there. You get introduced to the good guys, the bad guys. Like just crib jack in terms of like laying the thing out and you are gonna be okay like whenever i was starting up some new stuff i grabbed like all these like image issue ones and all these trades and stuff and because because they're building up for the trade every issue one is just like it's just nothing man it's all yeah just it just...
0: really feels that way here where like this doesn't stand on its own to me yeah no. um i love this green reflection of the buildings in the water. And I guess I'll give credit to Greg Wright for that. There's a few colors in here that I don't see very commonly in comics, and I don't know if he's doing digital color at this point. Probably, I'm guessing '94. When you see this stuff, early I mean, stuff, that's digital. Well, I mean, he may be doing color guides and somebody might be translating them. But some of these colors feel like new colors, like that turquoise sky earlier. Mm -hmm. And I like a lot of those. And a lot of it's flat color, too. And I think that really works, and I like that part. And I think that's something, quite frankly, that some of the fans of this book responded to. Yeah, maybe. You know, like, it's part of the
1: visual presentation, and I do think it finds its way in that regard. It's thoughtful. Like, that's a nighttime Caucasian flesh tone. Yeah. You know, as opposed to daytime or something illuminated by fire. And we've we've seen... a bunch of different examples of that throughout. So there you go. You know,
0: <laughs> yeah. Jack Knight. Jack Knight is uh, our our guy. And a little bit of uh, comics coloring demystified. I don't know if you saw this part or not. But no. It kind of walks through that process of how they color comics and they do say that you know like uh, the colorist goes in and and colors on the paper but then a digital that's digitized by a uh, like a color separator i think they called them at the time that would actually make the digital files for print yeah
1: so super fascinating back in that era man where not everybody had computers yeah
0: interesting time period for uh you know 90s man things are sinking and everybody's trying different stuff
1: yeah like like i basically found comic shops and stuff when uh when this is already running and it would be the old heads who were so into it and it was always on my mind like i even told you in text like yeah man i can't wait to read this thing in good faith and uh then i was just like yeah i mean i couldn't get through it that's how i felt i was looking forward
0: to revisiting it because I, I do remember not not really liking it but knowing that it it does have i don't know if a cult following is the right word i think legit like a lot of people this was their favorite superhero comic for a while when this is coming out. Um, it feels like a response against, like, the image books more than, more than I see something as, like, this is exciting on its own merit. Sure. Um, but I, I think there is a version of this stuff, too, that's almost in line with books like Marvels. You know, it's a, it's a weird nostalgia that's, yeah. a, that's a main ingredient of, of this, this kind of subgenre of Absol- superhero comics. A-
1: absolutely, man. They're going with my thesis of so if, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with, man. Stan and Jack ain't making comics right now, so, like, this is what you get because if you don't go with this... You're going for Windhammer, Exo of War comics, or fucking. I, I will Force. take this over Valiant. Yeah. If you told me I had to
0: read more of one of these uh, publishers or one of these comics, I, I, I would take this one over uh, what Valiant
1: was doing by uh, 1994. Well said. You good to go? <laughs> yeah. K okay, Favors, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. Jimmy Wood is out there. Hulk Grand Design, the collection
0: is coming out in December. It's oversized treasury, like the Fantastic Four and the X Men Grand Design books. Um, It's the best book I've ever designed. So pre-order that now at your comic shop or online, wherever you pick up books. Pre-order it now so you'll have it in time for Christmas and so that you'll be able to get a copy. Because once that print run is set, who knows whenever you'll see more of these things. And uh, I I want Marvel to keep doing grand designs, So we need those pre-order numbers to come in strong. And uh, you can follow me on Patreon.com slash JimRug where you can see a lot more of my comics and
1: art and process. Red Room trigger warnings trade paperback is hitting stores september 2022 murder on the dark web for fun and profit is the name of the game go to your local comic shop put in your pre-orders uh go online go on amazon uh put in your pre-orders go to my link tree in the description below you can uh, pre-order the comic directly for fantagraphics you could order current and future red room comics there and if you go to my patreon you can read the serialized uh Red Room Comics that will be coming out sometime next year. Three bucks gets you the archive there. Nearly 300 pages worth of stuff up there as we speak. What else do we have out there, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. Another great way to support the Cartoonist kfabe channel. Given those marching orders. We'll be on our way. Read more comics.